hope gets you out of bed in the morning. Hope uh, allows you to make it through your week. Hope also enables you to take bad news or difficult news, digest it, understand it, and recognize that somehow it's going to work out for good. Hope allows me to cope with my mom's Alzheimer's, knowing that there's going to be a better day. Hope keeps us going when things get tough. Have you ever been so hopeless that you weren't sure you could go on? There's probably people in this room and the link and across the world watching via internet right now that you've been so hopeless that you wonder, like, is it worth going on? Hope gives you the remedy for your sins that you've committed. Had it not been for the hope in Jesus Christ, we would all be literally eternally hopeless. Have you ever felt so lonely, so challenged, so depressed, so hopeless that suicide seemed like the best option? Have you ever been beaten up so bad thinking about your past and your sins and the way that you lived your life that those sins of the past come back and they haunt you and you wonder, can I ever get past that? Will I ever get past that? Is there hope beyond that mess? Hope allows us to move on. Hope gives us an opportunity to say there's better days ahead. Hope is the picture of Jesus coming from heaven to earth. Hope is the exchange that Christ made for our despair. If you haven't faced despair, then you know someone who has. And it's in those times that we need an ounce of hope, something that says it's going to be okay, something that says this isn't the end of things, something that says you can go on, something that says we can make it. When Christ came at Christmas, he exchanged hope for our despair. We are truly hopeless without Jesus Christ. And whether you want to admit that or not today, you are hopeless without Christ. Many in this room understand that better than others. If Jesus never came, like if we didn't have Christmas, then we would all be lost in our sins. We would have not have an opportunity to find hope out of our sinful state. Yet through Jesus Christ and the work on the cross and the fact that he came, we now have hope. We have eternal hope. What I'm about to tell you today throughout this message is Probably the greatest news, and it is the greatest news that you'll hear this morning. It's the greatest news that you'll ever hear in your life. It's the greatest gift that you could ever receive. Nothing compares to this gift and this hope in Jesus Christ. I don't tell you this story today. Like, I'm not up here today because the, the, the leaders at Grace Community Church decided to give me a paycheck. Like, I, I would tell you this regardless. And I told people, regardless, if, even before I was a pastor... That the greatest news to mankind is that Jesus Christ came at Christmas to save mankind of their sins. Like there's no better hope than that in the the entire world. I long for you to know the truth about Christmas. I long for you to have what I have. I have hope in Jesus Christ. So the joy that you might see in me or the happiness that you might see in me doesn't come based upon something that I own, something that I've achieved, just because I have family, it comes in knowing that, that every breath that I breathe, I'm being held in the hands of eternal God who will never leave me nor forsake me. Never. Absolutely never. I want you to know that there is a God that loves you so much that 
He set aside this day, and for some reason, he allowed you to be in this room and for me to be in this room. The, the coincidence is that the, the, the odds of us being in the same room right now to hear this message are astronomical. God worked that out before the foundation of the world. Many of you are from all different states on the planet. I'm from the East Coast. Some are from the West Coast. If we would have ever thought, if we could have sat down and you would have sat down with me 52 years ago before I was born and said, Jim, you're going to be in Goshen, Indiana on this date, and these are going to be the people that are going to be in front of you. The odds of all that taking place are quite frankly astronomical, but it's exactly what God intended. You are not here by happenstance today. You are not here by coincidence. It's not luck that you're in this room. God wants you to be here today, and he wants you to hear this message. He went through a lot to make that happen. And today we are going to see the similar kind of God kind of planning, God kind of orchestration taking place where he takes a woman who shouldn't be meeting Jesus out in the middle of the ancient Orient, out in the middle of of Samaria, and he he has this encounter that he allows from the foundation of the world where, where a woman meets Jesus and everything changes for her. She came to the well Hopeless. She left the well with hope. It was all orchestrated by God. And the very thing has been orchestrated for you. So as you sit here today, here in the main and the link, you're no different than the woman at the well hundreds and hundreds of years ago that God set up and orchestrated so that you could hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Grab your Bibles and I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. And turn to the book of John. John chapter 4. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Our ushers will be glad to put one in your hand. And if you don't own a Bible, this is our gift to you. Take it home or turn to your mobile devices. In John chapter 4, we're going to read from the NIV, verses 1 to 14. John chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. If you need a Bible, hold your hand up. Ushers will be glad to put one in your hand. When you find John chapter 4, stand. We're going to read it out loud together. John chapter 4, verses 1 through 14. Let's read this out loud together. Ready? Read. Now Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. So he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You may have a seat. As you can see from this account, there's this well. There's this 
this encounter in the middle of Samaria where Jesus is thirsty. His disciples have left him. They went to town for food. And so the picture says he sat down by the well. He sat down because he was thirsty. He's in the middle of Samaria. There's this well. And as you would and I would, we would be thirsty walking through dry, barren land like he was in. However, as he's at this well, the text tells us that he doesn't have anything to drink water with. And so he's by this well, and the well is deep. It's Jacob's well, and, but there's nothing in his possession that would allow him to dip or drink from a water jar. So during this time, people would carry sacks with them. And in the sacks, there would be water jars, water basins. And so they would reach into these wells, and they were very deep, and there were normally ropes hooked to them, and they would drop down, and there would be a pail of sorts, a water basin that they would have, and the water would be there, and then they would take their jar, their their glass, or whatever it was, they would dip in, and they would drink the water that was in the well. So as we look at this story, we see that Jesus is at the well. He's seated by the well, and there's this woman who has, is coming to the well because she is physically thirsty. And she's about to meet the Savior of the world, but doesn't know that it's Jesus. She just sees this man seated at the well who doesn't have any means to drink water. In fact, it says she says the well is deep, like How are you going to get water? What we know from this account is this, and those of you who know Jesus Christ know this too. Once you meet Jesus, you'll never be the same again. And so this woman is about to meet Jesus at the well, but she doesn't know it's Jesus. She just recognizes it's a man. And so it says this in verse 7. If you look at verse 7, it says, When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? Now, to to you and me, that doesn't sound very strange. That someone would, Jesus would look at someone and say, hey, as he's seated there, he sees a woman and he says to her, "Would, would you give me a drink? In other words, do you have a basin? Do you have a jar that I can get into this well and I can drink from? That doesn't seem strange to us that that Jesus, who was the master teacher, would ask someone, say, hey, help me get something to drink. Yet truth in the matter, it was very strange. Because women that were Samaritans would never talk to a Jewish man, nor would a Jewish man talk to a woman out in public, especially at noon in the middle of the day. So Jesus was breaking down all the barriers. He was breaking down all the cultural customs. He should have never addressed her. He should have never talked to her. Now he says to her, basically, can you get me a drink? In other words, can I use your cup that you drink from so that I can have water to drink? Listen, you would never do that. She was a Samaritan, which meant she was a mixed breed. And Samaritans didn't interact with Jews. All kinds of customs are being broken down by Jesus in this moment. Look what she respond, how she responds in verse 9. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew. I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Parentheses. For Jews do not associate with what? What's your Bible say? Samaritans. Like, Jesus, in case you don't understand culture. Like, she doesn't know it's Jesus. Like, so she looks at him and says, Hey, sir, listen. 
you're not supposed to talk to me. Like, and you shouldn't, surely shouldn't be asking me for a drink. Don't you understand culture? I want to jump in the text, lady. Don't you understand that's Jesus? She doesn't realize it in this moment. But she's about to be in for the surprise of her life. When she finds out that the Savior of the world, the incarnate Christ, the flesh and blood Jesus, who who left heaven and came to earth and moved into the neighborhood, is sitting at the well that she's going to get water from. She has never met him before, but let me tell you something. She's about to be changed forever because you are never the same when you encounter Jesus Christ. Verse 9, is, it's interesting that she's shocked that, that, that he would respond to her. Plus, he asked her for a drink, which would have made him, now listen, ceremonially unclean. And most Jewish rabbis would rather go thirsty than violate this law. So we have from the get-go this. Jesus is breaking a racial barrier. He's breaking a gender barrier. He's breaking a moral barrier. And he's breaking a religious barrier. All by engaging this woman in the middle of the day and asking her for a drink. She was hopeless, but doesn't realize it at this moment. But he's about to show her her hopelessness. And the reason he's here is because before the foundation of the world, God had orchestrated this event to bring hope to her hopelessness, to bring hope to her despair. And he wants to break down barriers to make that happen. Look at verse 10. Jesus answered her. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Now, all of a sudden, he's talking about a whole kind of different water. Now, I want you to keep in mind, she's thinking on a physical level. She sees him as thirsty. It's the middle of the day. He doesn't have anything to drink from. And he, now he responds, lady, listen, lady. He said, you're asking for this kind of water that would quench your physical thirst. I'm about to tell you about this kind of water that will connect you to God. There's another kind of water out there, and it's called living water. So for the first time in her life, she's hearing that there's a different kind of water. Still, it doesn't compute with her. Like, she doesn't understand because she hasn't heard these words before. And so in her mind, like, living water? You mean there's water I can drink, I can take a drink of, that I'll never thirst again? Now, if we had that, how many of us would bottle that up and sell it? And so she's thinking along the physical lines. Like, you mean there's better water than Jacob's well? That even Jacob himself has, has, has taken time to drink from? You mean there's water that I could drink that somehow I would never thirst again? Right now we are seeing she's wondering three things. Like if we were to open up her mind, she's probably wondering this. Who is he, by the way? Like, like who would sit by a well without a cup, number one? And who would engage a woman and break down all these spiritual barriers? And who would break down all these racial barriers? And why would a Jew be talking to me? And she might be asking the question that he proposed, what is the gift of God? And what is living water? Right now I want to enter this scene, and I often do when I read these narratives. and, And I want to stop and listen And I want to tell this woman, please, lady, please, pause. Just listen to what he says. It's really good. And I want to do the same this morning. Like, I want to say to you, please, listen. 
this news is too good. Like, don't get distracted by your, by your mobile device and Facebook right now. Just, just listen, this, this is really good. Like, this news is so good that this could radically change your life forever. The same Jesus that went to the well and offered this hope to the Samaritan woman is, is, is speaking today in the text, and he's going to say, listen, there's living water available for you that will radically change you, and if you drink from this, you'll never thirst again. What he's saying is true. There's a new kind of water that you've never drank before that will quench your thirst forever and ever. As I was processing this information and and praying this week, I was asking God, please, God, please, Lord, please. I know when I begin to unpack this message that the enemy himself, Satan, is called the, 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 the opposer. And I know that he blinds the eyes of unbelievers so they cannot see the light of the gospel, which is Jesus Christ. And I've been praying, Lord, oh, Lord, please open their eyes. Oh, God, please take the blinders off. God, help them to see for the first time that there is living water available in Jesus Christ and the gift of salvation is free to them and all they have to do is believe it. Same for this woman. Sir, verse 11, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? And then she asked this question, which is a great question to ask. Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and livestock? You see, I want to pause and say, oh, yes, he is. Like, He's Jesus. Like, he created the world and he, he moved into the neighborhood. Like, like, he's Christmas. Like, that's why we have Christmas. That's why we can say Merry Christmas and not just Happy Holidays. Because Christ came. I want to say he, he, he's, he will be celebrated. They'll change calendars. That's why we started at zero with the calendar. That's why we have 2014. Something must have happened 2014 years ago. Something started and it was Jesus Christ. And I want to say to her, he, he is the living water. So she asked, she doesn't understand and she asked the most incredulous question with great sincerity. She asked him, like, so, are you greater than Jacob? I want to say, are you greater than Jacob? She, she doesn't know who he is. Like, like, how can you, you must be something else because Jacob dug this well and we've been drinking from this for hundreds of years and like, it's been good to us and it quenches our thirst and you're telling me that you have water that's better than Jacob? So, you're telling me you're better than Jacob and your water's better than Jacob? And he's like, yeah, it's, it's called li- living water. And once you drink it, you, you, you'll never thirst again. I want to yell like real loud right now, like if I was standing there, woman, yes, he's greater. And yes, take the water he's offering. Drink it as fast as you can. Like, don't leave. Do you see what Jesus is doing right here? He's the master teacher. He's leading her step by step to understanding salvation. First, he leads her to see her need. He's like, you need something that will quench your thirst because you'll keep coming back here and physically, like you'll go in and you'll take a drink and like you're thirsty. Like, man, today was a tough day. Oh, 
boy, that tastes so good. It's not like that, that's the last drink she'll ever take. Like she has to keep coming back here and she's got to keep dipping water and she's got to keep drinking because she's thirsty. And he's showing her like, like that, that, that water is not going to eternally quench your thirst. You got to keep coming back. He's showing her that, that, that while it might do it temporarily, there is a living water that's available that you'll never thirst. And so it's puzzling her mind. It's like, you're telling me that there's a better well than Jacob's well, that somehow there's better water than this, that I'll never thirst again. And I want to say, oh, yeah, he is. Then he reveals who he is. Then he offers her something that could change her. Look at verse 13. Look what he does. Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again from Jacob's well. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never what? What's it say? There's never thirst. Like, can you imagine? Like, that took work. Like, carrying that, that, that basin and, and reaching deep down inside the well. And, like, every day getting water. And he's saying, listen, you, there's water out there that you'll never thirst again. And then he says this. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So picture, I mean, just this word, like he's telling her, listen, this water that I give you, like it'll go inside of you and it'll keep springing up, like, and it'll turn to eternal life. Like once you taste this, there will be this well that never runs dry, this spring that continues to well up and this water that will live in you, the living God will live in you and you will have it for eternity and you'll never thirst. She's like, whoa, I've never heard anything like that. Where's that well? He's saying, it's, it's right here. It's, it's, it's hope in Jesus Christ. So the woman said to him, and look at verse 15. Like she's, she's processing this for the first time. Verse 15, sir, she said then, what does she say? Give me this what? Wouldn't you? Like seriously, like, like if you knew there was water, you didn't have to carry a jug. Like if you could just take one drink of it, like, this is the last drink I'll ever have to take. Like, you could just go down and you could drink that water and you could say, that's it. Never thirst again. And so she responds by saying, sir, give me this water. Still, she's thinking physical. Jesus is thinking spiritual. It hasn't all connected to her completely yet. Like, she wants it. She recognizes that she will always be thirsty But she hasn't connected completely the dots just yet. So in verse 16, it says this. He told her, go call your husband and come back. She said, I have no husband, she replied. You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five husbands. And the man you now have is not your husband, and what you have just said is quite true. Oh, man, it's like, oh, man, now he, like, he, he like, like, how'd you know that? <laughs> like, this had to just kind of blow her off. You now, we read, it's like, yes, well, 12, yeah, five husbands, yeah, eternal water, you know. There had to be a part of her that was like, how'd you know that? Like, how'd you get that information? So here's what I know about Jesus Christ, and here's what I know about your condition. No one has so much baggage that the Lord can't save them. Like, 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 
there's nothing that you'll ever do and that I've ever done in the sins of your past that Christ didn't die for, that Christ can't save, like, that he can't speak into and give eternal life to that. Like, no matter, that, like, the, the ugliest sin that you're addicted to, like, you might have just spent time last night and early this morning just surfing on your mobile device of pornography and it just beats you up and someone's, hey, you want to go to church with me? And you walked in here and right now that is running through your mind. You're wondering, man, would Jesus love me because of that? The answer to that question is yes, that's why he came. There's nothing you've ever done. There's no addiction you've ever had. There's no, 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 no sin you've ever committed. There's no felony that you've ever committed that Christ hasn't died for. And so he looks at this woman. He wants to level the, zero, the ground and say, woman, he said, where's your husband? Go get your husband. You know, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five. And the man you're living with right now is not your husband. And you're living in sin. You're, you're, you're living in fornication. But I want you to know that I'm going to tell you that there is living water that can, can change your condition. And it's called, it's, it's available to you right now. And I am he. Like, if you listen to me and you trust in me, I can save your life of that mess. And Jesus knows her spiritual condition. You might say he was pretty straightforward. Now, now picture this. I mean, she's just met him. Like, she's, she, she, hasn't, she doesn't know anything about this guy. And all of a sudden, he's talking about living water. And so he probably stood up and he said, hey, go get your husband. By the way, you've had five husbands and you're living with the man right now. Can you imagine you're standing in the middle? Who in the world is this man? Like, he speaks and knows everything. Can you imagine? She's probably thinking, well, I hope he doesn't tell me about this or tell me about that. You might say Jesus was pretty straightforward with her, almost like a verbal slap in the face. And he was. He just wants her to truly see her spiritual condition for what it is, that she is lost eternally without living water in Jesus Christ. Much like a doctor would diagnose a patient before surgery. Like, here, here, here's the problem. Like, you have heart issues. Like, you have... Three arteries that are majorly blocked. Like, we need to talk candidly about that. If you don't do something about that quickly, if there's not a surgery on, in, in the near future, you could die. Jesus did the same thing with this woman spiritually. He said, this is your condition. The, you got five arteries blocked. And until you address this sin issue and let, let me take care of it, you could die and you could spend your eternity far away from God in hell. He addresses the situation. He doesn't deny it. He, he speaks candidly to her because he knows there's living water that can bring life and healing to that condition that she's in. For you see, here's the truth, and we all know this. Without conviction, there can't be conversion. Like, we have to be convicted of our sin first before there can be conversion. And so Jesus is revealing to her, ma'am, listen, there's sin in your life. And I was sent here, and it's not a coincidence that we're at the well today and, and that you're here with me and I'm breaking down all these cultural customs. I want you to know that there's hope for you, for your despair. Like, there's hope for the condition that you're in. There's hope for the sins that you've committed. The, 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 it's available to you. And you know what? He's saying the same thing today at Grace Community Church to you. But here's the problem with us. Most of us don't recognize our condition. I don't think she recognized until Jesus brought it up. Most of us think we're okay. 
Most of us don't even realize that there's blinders on our eyes and we're on this journey of trying to get to God. And so maybe you're on the, the, the achievement journey. Maybe, like, like, maybe you're saying, boy, I've been a good person. I do good things. I've been a good child. I obey my parents. I'm generous. I'm a hard worker. I'm a good employer. And maybe you're kind of on that journey. Like, well, at least I didn't kill anybody. And the reality is this, is you're being blinded thinking that somehow your good works or your good deeds will get you to God. Listen, there's only one way to God, and it's through Jesus Christ. There is nothing that you and I could ever do because of our sin to get us to Jesus. And so day after day, we, 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 the devil fools us, and we think we're on a good journey. When in reality, the only thing we're doing is, is, is believing what... In truth, what Isaiah said, that our righteousness is as filthy rags. There's, there's no good deed that we could ever do to get us to God. And Jesus is looking at this woman and saying, listen, there's sin in your life. And that causes separation between you and God. But there's a remedy to that. It's called living water. And he's saying the same thing today. See, there's people in this room right now that you are drinking contaminated water. And you, you are thinking that the things that you are doing is going to get you to God. Let, let me try to demonstrate if I can. It, it's, it's much like this picture here. Now, who in the right mind would, would drink water from a toilet? Like, who in the right mind would drink water from a toilet? Jesus said this to the woman. He said, you're looking for water... That'll quench your thirst. I want to tell you about living water, spiritual living water that'll change your life forever. You're thinking that by doing these things, by accomplishing these things, that somehow that the water you're drinking will somehow save you. That somehow your acts, somehow the things that you do, somehow the things that you say, the way that you love people. You're thinking that if you spend enough time when in reality Jesus is saying that is much Your righteousness is filthy rags without Jesus. I mean, literally, this this is what some believe. Like, it's like, well, if I do this and I do that, it's like you really believe that somehow, and you don't even realize it, that in reality, instead of drinking living water, you're drinking right from the toilet. And you don't even know it. Like, who in the right mind... Who in the right mind would believe that that's living water? Like that somehow that I could do enough that somehow if I just keep doing that, that somehow that will get me to God. When in reality, that's exactly what's happening. And you know why? Because the God of this age has blinded the eyes of unbelievers so that they cannot see. Like, I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. I can't see. Like. See, we gasp and we're like, Ugh. but that's what it is. Like day after day, month after month, year after year, the enemy has twisted the truth so much for us to believe that somehow if we drink that water, that somehow that will save us. And Jesus is looking at this woman and he's saying, wait, wait a minute, there's this thing called living water and she's perplexed by this. You see, first he leads her to her need and shows her that 
she has a need. Second, he reveals who he is. And third, he offers her something that could change her life forever. Jesus is saying to her today, you've been drinking from the wrong well. Listen, and Pastor Jim is saying to you today, you've been drinking from the wrong well. The water that you have been drinking is contaminated and will lead you straight to hell. You are trusting in the wrong water. And it's killing you every single day of your life because the enemy has put blinders on your eyes and you cannot see it. You're thinking that these deeds, you're thinking that these things, you're thinking that these investments, you're thinking that coming to church, you're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking, and it's a twisted, contaminated lie from the pit of hell. And day after day, you drink from the toilet instead of from the living God. Pause and answer this question. Does Jesus love this woman? Sure. He loves her too much not to tell her the truth and to reveal her condition. He's willing to look past her past and say, hey, there's remedy for your sin. But she needs to get past her past to see that she's worthy of being saved. And listen, That's why Jesus came, because we fall short of God because of our sin. No matter how sinful your past, Jesus has come to save it. Look at her response. Like, it gets even better. Look at verse 19. She says, sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Like, that's pretty clear, isn't it? And then verse 20. She said, our ancestors worshiped in this mountain, but you you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. And then verse 21, woman, believe me, a time is coming when we will worship the Father, neither on this mountain or in Jerusalem. And you Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the what? Jews. Verse 25, the woman said, she said, I know that Messiah called Christ, like like I've heard about him. It's coming. Like, I know that. Like, hey, I know that. And I'm going to think, lady, you're, you're, listen, you might know that, but he's right there in front of you. When he comes, she said, he will explain everything to us. Like, there will be a day I'll understand. I'm going to say, listen, lady, he's trying to explain it right now. Like, not when he comes. He's already come. He's looking at you right now and just told you that you had five husbands and there's living water available. Please, woman, listen, listen intently. Verse 26, then Jesus declared to her, I, the one speaking to you, look at that language, I, she's looking, the one speaking to you, then he said, I am he. In other words, I am, I am. Can you imagine the look on her face? Like, whoa, whoa, she's never heard someone say that they were the Messiah. Like, hey, the one that's speaking to you, woman, (laughs) I am he. Oh, things are starting to run through her mind now. It's like, she was just thirsty. Like, I just wanted to drink water. 
And there's like this Jewish guy that told me all my sins, all the husbands I had, I'm sleeping with the man now. And now he's telling me that, there, that he is the Messiah. Wait a minute, this is too much, man. I'm like, is this a mirage? Can you imagine what's going through her mind right now? She realizes that he just said he is the Messiah of the world. And by the way, he still is the Messiah of the world. Look at verse 27. Look what it says next. It says, just then his disciples returned and they were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But they dare not ask, what do you want or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar behind, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, um, 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 come, come, quick, quick, quick. A better voice was raised. A better blood pulse was accelerated because something happened when she left her water jug behind. Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And it says, they came out of the town and made their way toward him. I think it's very important here. Look closely, look closely at verse 28. Look, look, look what it says. Then leaving her what? What did she leave behind? Water jar. Like, you might say, well, that's not much. That, what, what's so significant about it? It's huge. Like, you didn't go anywhere without your water jug. Because you knew there'd be a day that you were thirsty. And you needed water to drink. Because you needed something to quench your thirst. And it says that she left her water jar behind. She left it. And she went back to her town. Why did she leave it behind? Like, what was the purpose? Because she realized for the first time in her life that her thirst would be quenched forever. She didn't need physical water. She didn't have to go to Jacob's well anymore and drink. Like, it all connected. Like, all of a sudden, something clicked. Like, like, when you read that, something clicked. And what clicked was is she trusted in the living water and she didn't need to rely on this physical water anymore because Jesus was who he said he was. And now she was saved by the Jesus standing at the well. Don't lose sight of that. That's significant. She left it behind. She no longer needed it. And she went back and she said, there's something, there's a God like Jesus. Like the one that said we, we know is coming. Not only is he coming, like he's hanging out down by the well. And you got a meeting. And, and they saw a change in her too because it was so convincing that many others had to see what in the world had just happened. In fact, look, look at verse, look, look what it says in verse 29. It says, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him too. And, and look at verse 39. Like, then it said, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's what? Testimony. Like, I just picture her going back and they're like, what happened to you? Like, ha- have you ever met someone like, like, like for the first time? And I, I have many, 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 many times. I, even last week, saw someone trusting Jesus Christ for the first time, just, just, just weeping, like, saying, like, I can't believe something's different to me. And that's why I said, yeah, yeah, God lives in you now. He didn't live in you before, but he lives now. 
I remember standing at a convenience, a, a, a gas station. I was with my family. We were traveling. We had to stop and get gas. And I'm always looking for opportunities. So is my family. And I walked up to this counter to pay for the gas. And there were like five or six people deep behind me. And I saw this woman. woman she, had, she had hollow eyes. And I could see she's hopeless. And, and so I just shortly said, ma'am, 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 you look hopeless. Like, how's your day been going? And she unpacked her day. It was, she was hopeless. And I said, there's a God of hope that's available. And I remember, like, standing in this convenience store, there's five or six people behind me. And I said, ma'am, let me tell you about Jesus. In a matter of, like, three minutes, I said, would you like to trust in the hope of the world? She said, yeah. So she's, she's praying over the counter. I'm across the counter. People are waiting in line behind me. And she trusts in Jesus Christ. And these people are behind like, Whoa. What just took place? And I got to believe that was the same kind of encounter. Like, they knew this woman. And it was so impactful to them. and such a dramatic change. It says they had to go check it out for themselves. And then it says, verse 39, Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed two more days. Then in verse 41, and because of his words, many more became what? Come on, come on, come on. No, look, you got to see, you got you to, come on, you got to help me out. Look, look at this. Look, look, look. Verse 41. And because of his words, many more became what? Believers. Because of his words. Because he's the living water. And when the living water speaks and you trust in it, everything changes. You're never the same when you meet Jesus. In verse 42, then he said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said, all these Samaritans. Now we have heard for ourselves, like you're hearing right now at Grace Community Church, and we know that this man really is the what of the world. Oh, oh, Grace, don't lose this. Don't, don't, don't lose this. Like, listen, Jesus really is the Savior of the world. He really is the living water, and he wants to save you today. Like, even though he was at the well, he's available today. Like, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the same living water that met the Samaritan woman and all those Samaritans that said, we've heard your testimony, woman. We don't even know your name. You're just a woman at the well. It doesn't matter, but we know Jesus. And they trusted in Jesus and said many more became believers that day because for the first time they realized there was hope for their despair. You see, they believed for themselves and were saved too. Listen to me, by the way. You can't bank on the faith of your mother and your father. Just because mom and dad are saved doesn't mean you are. Like, like, like you're not saved just because you were raised in church. I heard people say, well, I, I, I've been in church my whole life. Listen, going to church doesn't save you. See, that's part of the lie that Satan gives, like blinds the eyes of believers. Like keep coming to church, you know, and every once in a while tithe and keep coming to church. Like, yeah, I go to Grace Community Church. Listen, going to church doesn't save you. Only thing saves you is Jesus in the living water. There's got to be a point in time where, like, you trust it. It wasn't because mom and dad took you to church. It wasn't because the faith of your family. It wasn't because the faith of your forefathers. It's because of your faith in the words of Jesus and believing that he is the living water. Here's what I know after 52 years on planet Earth. Some of you here today are lost and you think 
you have committed too much sin that Christ could never save. Listen, it's a lie from the pit of hell. That's why Jesus came. In fact, in the armpit of sin, Christ went to the cross to die for us. The only thing that we offer for our salvation is our sin. Some of you think you have lived a good enough life that somehow you are not lost and you'll end up with God. Some of you have an emptiness in your heart right now and you've had it for a long, long, long time and you've tried all kinds of things to fill that void. It might be relationships. It might be possessions. It might be vacations. It might be like, like you, you like QVC. You're, like you're the fanatic QVC. Just keep buying Listen, none of those things. They'll leave you empty. That's physical. The only thing that would ever fill your thirst and, never, and you'll never quench or never thirst again is the living water. It's Jesus Christ. God has created this void, this thirst in you. It's the thing that you've been chasing after. Like you were up late last night trying to fill that void. It's the things that like once in a while you'll think, well, that, I, I feel contentment. I feel joy. Listen, it's temporary when you're trying to replace it. Nothing replaces it but Jesus. Nothing. That's why we have Christmas. That's why Christ came. That's how you can help. You can look at the most dire straits in your life. You can look at death itself and say, you know what? I don't fear because I know my next breath is in the presence of Jesus Christ forever. See, even if I die today, like even if someone takes me out on stage and shoots me down, here's what I know to be true. I will see my Savior Jesus Christ bank on it for eternity. Because he's living water. See, some of you have had this emptiness in your heart for far too long. It's because, listen, you've been drinking from the toilet for crying out loud, believing that this is eternal life. Don't believe the lie anymore. Let me explain a simple way about this water that Jesus told this woman at the well. There's only one way to God. Listen, one way. Don't believe the lies in the newspaper. Don't believe the lies on CNN. Don't believe the lies of other religions. There's one way to God. Listen, one way. Jesus said it himself and John. Listen, one way. Jesus said it. No other ways. Listen, if you don't get anything else today, you will never find your way to God unless you go through Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No man gets to the Father except through me. If someone tries to tell you it's through something else, it's a lie from the pit of hell. You've been drinking from the toilet. Here's what else I know to be true. All of us have sinned. Yes, all of us. And because of our sin, we fall short of God. That's why Jesus came. Something had to bridge the gap. You see, our sin causes us to fall short. We could never get to a holy God. It's impossible. Like... Your sin keeps you short. There's no way to close the gap. Something has to happen to close. We need a perfect sacrifice. And he came at Christmas and his name is Jesus. Because our sins and the wages of our sin leads us to death, eternal death. But, 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 but God, but God demonstrated his love to us while we were sinners Christ died for us on the cross. Praise God for that. You see, if you're believing in anything else, Paul tried to say, like, like if you think, well, if I'm a good person and I, and I do good things, Paul said, no, no. It's, 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 if, it, it, we're, not, we're saved by grace through faith. 
and trusting in Jesus, not by works. If, if it was by works, like somehow if we had to check the list, it'd be a competition. I did more works than you did. Then he said, if you do that, we just boast. Like, look at my list, God. <laughs> Here it is. Let me tell you, if you want to think you're going to stand before God at the, at, at, when you die and say, here's my list, God. You know he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You've been drinking from contaminated water. But the Bible does say if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Living water saved. In fact, Jesus says it best here. Look at at chapter 4 and verse 14. Look what Jesus says in this account. He says, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never what? Thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Listen to me, listen to me, please. Don't, 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 don't shut me out. Hebrews 9, 27 says, For man is destined to die once and face judgment. You and I will face the God who created the world, and we will stand before him, and we will be judged. And the only reason he'll ever let us into his heaven is because of the work of Christ and the blood on the cross. That's the only way. I have stood over the coffins that have, of babies this big, I have, I, have, I have officiated funerals of people from just months old to 90 plus. I, 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 I was in the room. I saw it. You want to hear the grace of God? By God's grace, I was able to lead a 93-year-old man to Jesus, and he breathed his last breath 10 minutes later. God spared his life for 93 years. Listen, he's sparing your life right now. Like, You're not here because just like, hey, it's Christmas. You're here because someone's been praying for you. You're here because God's been drawing you. This could be the day that much like the woman at the well where you leave your cup behind and you turn and repent of that old pattern of living and you trust in the living water and everything changes for you. Let me ask you just two questions today. Have you reached the point in your spiritual life where you know for certain that if you were to die tonight that you would go to heaven? Like, are you like certain, like, yep, Pastor Jim, I know there was a moment in my life that I trusted in Jesus Christ and not works, like, yes, I know. Let me ask you this. If you were to die tonight and stand before the God of the universe and he asked you this question, why should I let you into heaven? What are you banking on? Are you banking on your works? Are you banking on your deeds? Are you banking on uh, uh, something that happened to you or your father or your mother's faith? Listen, the only thing that will answer that question that will allow you to spend eternity in heaven and not in hell is that I am trusting the work of Jesus Christ on the cross and I believe he was raised from the dead and I trusted in him as my Lord and Savior and that's it. That's it. Because Jesus is the only way. John 1, 12, I love this verse. It says, yet to all who receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. And what a right that is. Please, please hear me right now. Only Jesus can do for you what you've been trying to do for yourself. That's what the gospel is. We could never do for ourselves what only Jesus can do for us. And that's what he was trying to tell the Samaritan woman. He's saying, woman, there is a water out there that will quench your thirst forever. And the water that's available to her, was available to her, is available to you today. Please, just 
Just believe me when I tell you this. When you trust in Jesus Christ, it's the best thing you could ever do on planet Earth. The alternative is what? It's not purgatory. It's not that you'll have a second chance. The the alternative is hell, eternity away from God. She left it behind. She left the water jar that she was trusting in, and she came to the living water, and now she no longer thirsts. How about you? Would you do something with me now as we close our service? Would you stand with me, please, in both the main and the link? With your eyes closed, please don't leave. Like, you can always show up for your lunch late. Like, that's just physical food. Don't leave the link, like, rushing out to the parking lot. Just just listen, please. Don't believe the lie that you have to go pick up your kids quickly. Let me just ask you some questions with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Has there ever been a point in your life where, where you've trusted in the living water, where you trusted in Jesus Christ alone, where you said, this is the day I began this journey. I'm leaving my, my, my water jar behind. I'm repenting of my past and I'm trusting in Jesus alone. Has there ever been a point that you could say, yeah, it happened on this date. Listen, we all need a, a, a starting point. We all need a reference point. Like mine was five years old in a Sunday school classroom when sweet Mabel Hub told me, Jimmy Brown, there's a God who'll never leave you nor forsake you. And I trusted in Jesus Christ and he has never left me nor forsaken me. Please, if your heart right now is kind of like pounding out of your chest and and, and, and you're thinking, what is going on? What, what's happened? It's because God is trying to tell you that you need the living water, Jesus Christ. Please, trust Jesus today. He promises to save your soul. He promises to walk by your side and be with you the rest of your life. And to give you hope to your despair. If you want to trust in Jesus Christ, I'm going to ask you to do something. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Confession is speaking back what we know to already be true in our hearts. So I want you to do something with me. If you're uncertain or you want to trust in the living water and make Jesus the Lord of your life, I want you to pray this with me. The prayer doesn't save you. It's the confession of faith that's already taken place in your heart. But pray with me. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and save me of my sin. I repent of my sin. And I will follow you the rest of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Here's what I know to be true. I've lived long enough to know that at this moment, the enemy wants to come in and he wants to steal that seed. And he wants to put this doubt in your mind. And he wants you to believe that what you just did and what you just trusted in wasn't true. Listen, if you trusted in Christ from your heart and you believe that he was raised from the dead, the Bible says you are saved. Would you do something for me right now? 
I believe it's important that we acknowledge this because it's the best decision we've ever made. If you just trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're in the length of the main, would you do something for me? Just, just hold your hand up. Don't be ashamed. Just, just hold it up there. Say, yep, Pastor Jim, this was the day. Don't, don't be ashamed. Just hold it up. This was the day I trusted in Christ. Just praise God. Don't be afraid. Just hold them up. Just like, this is it, man. I mean, you raise your hand for all kinds of stuff. This is it. God, I pray for these people all across this room. Now, I want everyone to look here from the main and the link. I have up here on the stage, I have a toilet, and basically it's saying, I'm leaving this behind. Like, I'm leaving this behind. Like, that's, my, that's the old me. And I'm coming to the living water, and, 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 I, and I, I, I just trusted in Jesus Christ. I saw your hands, and I know there's some in the link. We had, we had tons of people, even in the first service. And I want you to do something for me. As our worship pastors are about to lead us in, in a song, we'll, we'll, we'll hear them sing it, and we'll listen to it. I want you to do something. I want you to symbolically come up on stage. And, and I have some pens here. I want you to write down your name along with all the names that are here on, on, on this toilet. Like, I'm leaving that old man behind. And I want you to come over here. And over here, you know what we have over here? We have a memorial. And it's, it's a rock that by mud love and has hope on it. It's something you carry in your pocket. It's a reminder. Like, you wonder, did I ever trust in Christ? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There it is. It's a memorial. And I want you to come to the well and, like, symbolically, like, like I'm, I'm getting the living water. And, it, and on this, you will see it's the greatest exchange. And it's, I, I found living water on 1221. It's like a bottle you sit on your desk in your home. Like, like even if you want to sip at it, sip at it. And just a reminder that, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I trusted in Jesus. Now, listen to me. I saw your hands. Like, there's no shame in coming forward. This is, safe. is this a safe place, church? It's a safe place. Now, listen to me. If you're in the link, over in the link, the back, I want, you to, I want you to exit out. Pastor Dan's out in the hallway. He's going to walk you. I want you to come over to my stage left. Here, here in the main. Listen, I want you to come up. I want you to grab a pen. I want you to write your name on here like you're leaving that behind. Like, quit drinking out of the toilet. And come to the living water. Like, as the worship pastors lead us in this song that says, come to the well. Come to the well. Just, just come. Just come. Don't, don't stand there. Just come. Have what you need. Hey, God bless you. Son. But you God keep on you, searching. Put your name on there anywhere. I've man. done all the work. Hey, God bless you, bro. God bless you, man. But you keep on working. God bless you. God bless you. When you're running on empty you, and you can't find you, a remedy, hey, come to you. the well. <laughs> you can spend your whole life. Hey, God bless you, bro. But chasing what's missing, but that empty inside, it just ain't gonna listen. God bless you. When nothing can satisfy, and the world leaves you high and dry, just come to the well. Hey, God bless you. What a step up for Jesus. And all who thirst will thirst no more. You can write and anywhere all who there. search will find what you. their souls long for. <laughs> Feel free to write for. on the back, too. Hey, God the world bless you, will try, up, but it can never fail. God bless you. So leave it all behind. Hey, God bless you, bro. What a step Come up for Jesus, to the man. well. So bring me you your heart, you. <laughs> no matter how broken. 
Just come as you are when your last prayer is spoken. Just rest in my arms a while. You'll feel the change, my child, when you come to the well. And all who thirst will thirst no more. And all who search will find what their souls long for. The world will try, but it can never fail. Make sure you get it. So leave it all behind. Rock, water. And come to the well. Hey, God bless you. Oh, it's the best decision you've ever made. Yeah. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> God bless you. Hey, God bless you. Best decision you've ever made. Leave it all behind. 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 God bless you. Leave it all behind. Oh, leave it all behind. Hey, God bless you. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. You can write on the side. All who thirst and all who thirst will thirst no more and all who search will find what their souls hey, long you. for, stand up for Jesus. the world will Don't try but it can you never fail so leave it all hey, God bless you. you can walk on the back if you like come to the well hey, find a spot there Hey, good job, bro. Just now you're that you're man. full hey, of job, love beyond measure, you made, your joy is going to flow hey, it, like Stand a stream Jesus. in the decision, desert. Hey, and soon you, all the world will see that living hey, water is found in right me because you come hey, you, to What's the up? well. Good job, man. Yeah, I got you. I got you, bro. I got you. And all who yeah. thirst yeah. will thirst no more. And hey, all who you, search will find what their hey, souls long Jesus, for. Man. God's proud of you, dude. The world will try, hey, but it can never fail. So leave it all hey, behind. Come to the well, and all who thirst will thirst no more. And all who search will find what their souls long for. The world will try, but it can never fail. So leave it all behind. Come to God the well. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. 
Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Oh, leave it all. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. There are a few times in your life that, a few times in your life where you, you get to encounter that. Like, there's nothing better. There's, there's no better decision a human being can make than to trust in Jesus Christ. Like, like I could stand here all day and you could too. We praise God for his work. I praise God for those of you who have been praying for these people and, and their brothers and sisters. Can we welcome to the family of God? <laughs> That calls for celebration. Like, it's difficult. Like, it's difficult just stand or not celebrate that. So, in both of our venues, our pastors are going to lead us in celebration. So, these songs are great. You know, they have great words. But, like, like people just walk from death to, to life. Like, and if it doesn't change your posture, then your heart's not beating. Like, so, give it your absolute best. Like we know in heaven right now that there's, there's these banners running down and there's these new names and the angels are rejoicing. Like, like they're, they're having a party. Like they're breaking out the celestial bubbly. It's probably seven up. You know, they're breaking it out just right now. They're just, so let's join in. Like, like no hands in the pocket. Like we just saw radical life change take place. And so our pastors are going to lead us in some beautiful worship. So let's, let's join the angels in heaven. God bless them. <laughs> 